Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. I'm here with Cherie from Pepper and Me today and I've had a few people very excited to bring you on so I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for coming on. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm awesome. (laughs) Excited. Good. Cool. Can't wait to get into it. Um, I guess like to start off maybe we'll chat a bit about what your day-to-day looks like these days with Pepper and Me. Um, (laughs) Every day is very different for me. Like... It could be any anything, very, very different. No two days are the same. So I'm either paying bills, so that maybe I do that once a week, or if we're really busy, I'll be jumping in, I'll be packing orders, I'm still helping the dispatch team, I'll jump in production if they need to. I spend maybe a third of my time up in Auckland now, just managing supplier relationships with the new Kitco shipment coming in, setting yeah. up 3PL and dispatch up there. Um, I also just finished a book, so I've spent the last six months quite solidly putting in a lot of time and effort up there. So all the photo shoots have been up there, all the editing mm. process, lots of meetings and things like that. So spent a, spent a lot of time traveling around doing that. Uh, and then on Fridays I hang out with my kids. Nice. <laughs> and then the rest of my time is probably just uh, fighting fires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting, especially about the book thing. And I can't wait to get into that. Um, I suppose I really want to chat about the story of Pepper and me and like, how did it start? What was the vision when you first sub out, sub out and has that like transformed to, to now? Yeah, definitely. Cause I really didn't have a vision when mm. I started out, which is probably unusual. I'm not sure. Uh, I had to get a job. Pepper was uh, my daughter. She was three months old. So my maternity leave was almost finished. And I'm a chef by trade, so food is always going to be my life, but didn't want to go back to working nights or restaurants or, you know, working for $17 an hour in general. Mm. So it was just kind of like, what can I do while, while I've got pepper at home? And so I started mixing up some salts and pastes in the kitchen and took them down to the markets to sell. And that was like, not a disaster, but <laughs> I certainly didn't make any money. I was like, cool, if I can make $200 a week, I'll be great. But, yeah. you know, we didn't uh, at all. But then my brother made me a website and he's like, you can sit at home and sell it online. And that was where it all really started, which was great. I was like, this is amazing. Uh, so he got the website up and running and I learned how to package and send salts and spices properly very very slowly at the start sort of one order every couple of days and mm. then grew from there discovered Instagram and and marketing uh, online influences things like that yeah so it's just been like a very slow step-by-step growth for the past four years yeah that's so awesome and so with Instagram did you find that like a little while after you'd sort of launched the business itself or is that kind of the thing that you think you grew up from the start uh it was right Within the first couple of months, so I'd done the markets, you know, so it was sort of kind of covering my costs, but I certainly wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't making any money for sure. I probably didn't for a long time, to be fair. But then, yeah, my friend, it was actually Snapchat before Instagram. So that was wow. the, the like different platform, same idea. Yeah. And she's like, you should send out to these people I follow on Snapchat. They've got babies like you. They might be keen on using your products. So I sent to three people and it worked. So it definitely developed from there but very slowly I was really I didn't have Instagram I didn't have Snapchat I'd never used the platforms before I didn't understand them so 
I had my business ready to go, I had my product and then started, I guess, um, figuring my way through that world and started putting my own cooking videos up and that's really what was a game changer. I think people were seeing me use my own products and then seeing other people use them and they're like, hey, what's this? This looks cool, I'll try it. Yeah, definitely. And did you think that it was going to turn into what it is today no absolutely not no no all I really wanted to do was make a couple hundred bucks a week so that I could stay at home with Pippa that was my goal forever basically uh and it never it never really happened actually so I had to go and get a job while I was trying to grow the business I used to work at Pippa's daycare so she went to daycare and I went and did the cooking there for the kids the toddlers and then I used to come home and I used to package my orders and make my salts and order my labels and you know send my orders and drop my couriers off things like that uh, all night so I never really Mm. got that time that I wanted but I just loved it I loved challenging my brain and it was a completely different avenue from just cooking but I loved being in control of everything myself so if there was mistakes Mm. made I was the only person that could be at fault (laughs) but I had no one else getting angry at me either it was just a great way to learn and I I love I've loved every learning that I've had the whole way through yeah yeah that's really awesome and where do you think your love for cooking came from originally to want to be a chef I've always been obsessed with food like since I was a child so I remember people say like that we'd go to places for a weekend or something. I remember going up the gondolas and I'd be like, oh, what are we having for lunch? <laughs> Love <laughs> My that. family would be like, do you literally ever stop thinking about food? And, and it's just no. I always, always been obsessed with food. Yeah. Yeah. Cultures and food. And I think I've only recently, after some conversations, realized why I have such a love for food and cooking now is very much about bringing people together so Mm. I'm obsessed with food but I also I don't enjoy dining alone I love the fact that food brings people together and you know you meet people and and bringing yeah bringing family and friends together and new people and that's that's one of the main things I love about it yeah and I think you can see that through like your Instagram as well, like you can really see the food bringing not only the people around you yeah, together, but yeah. the people who use it as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I love, I love seeing that. And my passion for cooking is certainly about giving other people an experience uh, yeah. rather than just putting food in their mouths. So yeah, yeah I love sharing that passion. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And even like the names of your products and everything, like it's fun. I don't know. I feel like it just puts a more exciting um community vibe to what would what could otherwise be something real boring yeah it certainly sparks an interest in people who wouldn't usually look twice at it and I do find that I've just finished the food show and we certainly find that at things like the food show when you're competing against a hundred other sources and Mm. then people see our names like the rock out with your walkout and the guys who are just being dragged along by their wives are like oh that's funny buy that yeah Uh, so it certainly yeah grabs people's attention yeah it's very cool and what were your initial thoughts around I guess jumping from leaving other jobs to go into this did it just was it just more like you didn't have the time to keep up with the demand of when I left the job at Pippa's Daycare yeah oh well I'd finally gotten it to the point where I could, yeah, I was like, I'm able to now pay myself a little bit of money so I can leave that job, Mm. which was great. It was really great. I was still running everything from home, so my overheads were really low. I was lucky enough to have just family helping, so they'd be doing my stickering and bagging and (laughs) help me when I had a sale. So, yeah, it wasn't too big of a leap because 
the the daycare pay I was paying for Peppa's daycare and then working sort of a short day five days a week and then working all night as well so mm. and then I'd have to pay the daycare fees so it was it wasn't a huge amount of money that I was earning I guess it was like right one or two hundred dollars a week less let's just give it a crack yeah so and I was stoked to leave I really hated the job (laughs) (laughs) really it killed my soul just like not being allowed to put salt in anything yeah and and then try and make nice things for the kids and they're like no they just like they just want jam sandwiches so yeah I try to make them nice mild curries or (laughs) fried rice or pastas and they they just wanted sandwiches so oh yeah that that was a killer yeah I was I was done with it yeah (laughs) so yeah I I feel you on that because I just left my job as well I feel like it was killing myself yeah yeah <laughs> I was like I need to get out of here and try something else and I also thought it would be great to be close with Pepper so I was like she's mm. at the daycare I'm at the daycare but it was actually awful because she I wasn't able to go to her so I'd see her crying or she'd be banging at my door all day and I just I couldn't really stop and go to her I'd yeah. still be trying to work and that was that actually just made it quite confusing for everyone so yeah yeah thought it would be a, a great situation but it wasn't but hey it got me through that sort of five month period and it was hard work but it paid off so yeah. yeah definitely and starting a business and then leaving a job no matter how like much of a risk it is it's still a risk and so for you do you feel like you've always been quite risk averse or willing to take a leap or it was something that you were actually quite worried about uh I I think I have grown to take risks a lot more than I used to, definitely. But we, I mean, we'd been living on next to nothing for a long time, so I was used to it and finished that maternity pay and then not having any dollars spare for so long, I knew that we could do it. Mm. So, you know, we, and that's why I think why people loved following me because I could feed our family for, you know, $100 a week and make things go a lot further by adding lots of vegetables or tin food or whatever. So... Uh, I used that as part of part of our growth, but um, yeah, it was a big risk. And then every risk I've taken, I've become a little bit more confident mm-hmm. and a little bit more bold. And you've, I think you've really got to take those risks. And I love it now. I love the adrenaline rush yeah. that I get from it. I'm like, this is a crazy idea. I'm doing it. Let's just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so cool. And for someone else who's wanting to make that transition as well, what would your suggestions be for someone else who's wanting to do that and a bit worried well I guess it's a calculated risk isn't it to start with you could think what's the best that can happen and what's the worst that can happen and if the worst Mm. that can happen is that you maybe need to go out and get another job for a couple of days a week in a few weeks time that's not a terrible situation you know for me I was literally earning minimum wage I could have just gone out to McDonald's and said look can you give me a job Mm -hmm. Um, and that would have fixed my worst you know if everything sunk um I would have been I was confident enough in myself that I would have managed to pick up some form of work and been fine so I guess that's how I manage my risks I'm like if the worst happens am I going to be fine and if the answer is yes then I just jump jump in and do it yeah for sure so it's like what have what have you got to lose uh if it's going to destroy your family and you're going to lose your home, then I'd be thinking a lot harder about it. But yeah. these have been small risks that I've taken every step of the way, but a lot of small risks. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And what in your eyes do you think, if, and looking back now, has made Pepper and Me so successful? I think it's my connection with people. I think people relate to me or 
did relate to me so much at the start because I was reaching this audience of people who were just like me. Mm. We all, we love food, we love cooking, uh, we ha- we loved our young kids. We, uh, you know, we're trying to find our feet in this world of motherhood and that's, that's always been very much my target audience or it was before. And then being able to see me and, and see what I was going through and achieving on the daily, they celebrated my wins with me. And then I shared my fails as well. So they got to know me as a person. And that's very much a, a social media thing because not many other businesses would have been able to achieve that. But they they wanted to support my business, wanted to buy from me and always have every step of the way. So that's mm. what's gained me you know, a really, really loyal base of customers. And they don't just buy it for themselves. They buy it for every single person they know, every, every yeah. Christmas, every Father's Day, every wedding gift, they're straight to people and me any new products that we're bringing out they're they're hyped about them just as hyped as me so yeah personal connection has been absolutely key for me yeah you're definitely so personable and I think the relatability is something that attracts so many people like I've got a friend my age who just loves you and just absolutely finds you like so amazing she's like she's just so relaxed like I love how she's just herself and that's what she loves about what you put on your page and how you promote that through 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 your business as well and I feel like you can see that just through the things you put out the way you do it um it's really natural and feels like you just can't help but want to be involved in it yeah that's exactly right and it's been interesting the last year or so I guess because we had come from having nothing you know uh to now being able to buy nicer things and we bought our first home and Mm. people have come on that journey with us but it's also been quite hard for me because I don't want to come across as like oh I've got you know I'm doing well now I'm doing great this is great I think mm-hmm. this tall poppy thing in New Zealand is quite full-on people actually sure. don't want to see that either so I'm always a little bit well a lot aware of trying not to make other people feel like they need these things and that's mm-hmm. that's one of the big issues I guess with the influencer world right you have constantly having these things thrown in your face all day and people telling you you need them mm. uh, so I'm really trying to steer well away from being an influencer uh, and just being here to sell my products and share my products and my love for food yeah yeah no it's really cool and from I guess the journey so far what would be your most memorable challenges and how has that built resilience for you within the business uh uh, yeah there's been so many there's always always something there's a couple of majors that stick out I'm not sure if I'd told the story before some people might have heard it and anyone who follows me would probably remember it was our f- maybe first or second Christmas we had worked with another business and they supplied us the sauce and it got stuck in transit in a really hot truck and it arrived and it was fine we checked it all it was all good and then it but it, it must have just started to ferment in that hot truck so we packed it up into gift boxes sent them all out come christmas day everyone's gift boxes are literally exploding under their christmas tree with this fermented sauce and it's a christmas day and they're getting poor emails and phone calls and there's just you know that fermented smell (laughs) and it wasn't just the one jar it had gone all through the gift boxes and I mean, that was a nightmare. I was pregnant with Kit and I just, I I had a box of the sauce as well. And I went and got, had a look at it and mine mine had started exploding too. So, oh, it was just a nightmare, absolute nightmare. But 
you know, pull it back. We went halves with the other company and the damage that was done and we fixed it and fixed our mistakes. And someone told me if you can fix someone's a mistake or like a mistake or an issue that someone's got and they've come to you unhappy and if you can send them away happy, that's actually going to be more powerful mm. than just making a sale to someone. Yeah. So to really take those customers and turn it around and refund the whole gift box or off, you know, and, and make them happy and they'll be hopefully loyal customers and come back to us again because yeah. they've got such great customer service and hopefully can laugh about it with us as well sort of thing yeah for sure and I feel like when those sorts of things come up you're a lot of the time like your only option is like all right how are we just going to deal with it and just get it sorted yeah yeah uh other, other things a lot there's lots of other things we I mean COVID's been pretty mm. intense on everyone I think we're very lucky to be an online business very lucky and but navigating that process has been hard particularly with staff uh Mm. and yeah lots of learnings along along that way for sure but I always try and try and be the best boss that I can because I've had some pretty shitty bosses in my life so that's one of my main morals is to to be the boss that I never had really Mm. and be someone that they can be proud to have as their boss and they can come to me about anything so trying to be that person, but also trying to survive a global pandemic totally. is pretty, pretty hard. Pretty totally. hard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's like you kind of have to wear every single hat that there possibly is. Yeah, you do. And I had to have to get some guidance. And I mean, you're just going to get the hard word at some point. It's like, Sheree, I know you want to be everyone's best friends, but you, you just can't. Mm. You can't. You need to run your business to keep your business alive basically yeah. you not just to keep everyone happy so yeah. finding a balance between those things is, is always going to be a little bit of a challenge for me yeah totally I think that would be a challenge for anyone like it's it's so hard and you find people who as you've experienced swing too far the other way where they're just horrible or people who just get walked over and then their staff don't treat them how yeah they treated, so. yeah exactly I mean I've got great staff they're, they're really awesome but yeah, at the end of the day, I do have to hold their respect and and make sure I'm leading them in the right way. Yeah, for sure. And looking forward to the future of Pepper and Me, how do you continue to like diversify your range and come out with things that keep people's interest? That's quite easy for me. I'm finding I love that. That's probably the part of my job I love. Yeah. I If I'm in the creative mood, uh, I'll just be enjoying absorbing I'll watch cooking shows I'll watch cooking TikTok or YouTube or any anyone that's cooking or go and meet chefs or read recipe books and come up with ideas for new products and I love that part it's the admin part that I hate so having to do the (laughs) nutritional information develop the recipe so it can be mass produced and then costing the recipe making barcodes going to the graphic designer finding the packaging all those like (laughs) little admin tasks uh so I've got, yeah, plenty of ideas in the bank, but I love, I, I love about my company at the moment is it's still small enough that I'm like, I want to do this. With the TikTok, I was like, I'm going to do this. Mm. And then we launched it two weeks later. So yeah. put the work in, get the label made, get the, get the ingredients and then just get it on the shelves, get it out to everyone. Yeah. And I love being able to do that. Sort of, we're talking talking about collabing with some other brands, and they're like, "Oh, cool, we're gonna plan this for December next year." I'm like, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm even planning like a week ahead." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that is so crazy. And I was gonna say next, what do you think is your favorite part about working for yourself? But do you think, I guess that ideas part is great or flexibility or? 
Yeah, flexibility. Uh, I mean, I have to admit, my mum said to me, she's like, you've got to remember why you started this business was to spend time with your kids, and I do. I mean, now I, I hardly see my kids, I feel like, at the moment. Mm. Uh, November's just been crazy. I've been in Auckland three quarters of the time. Mm. Um, but I, I love what I do on the daily as well, so I think it's just... I guess about trying to find a balance and I'm the only one who can put those barriers in place for myself. So going forward, it'll be probably trying not to take on quite so much all the time, better planning and preparation. But we've got some big things in the pipeline for next year. We're, we've um, having a massive warehouse being built for us so we can finally combine our <laughs> three warehouses that we have currently we're gonna have a beautiful retail store a massive massive commercial kitchen and a awesome. 500 square meter warehouse and a boardroom i want to make it like a google boardroom <laughs> with some bean bags and yeah <laughs> so that's going to be a big project for next year the book launches next year mm. um we're hoping to have the kitco sort of ticking along and taking care of itself which seems to be going quite well at the moment uh, and then we've actually got a new little business to launch next year. Oh, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that then. Yeah. That's so cool. And in terms of building, like we were talking about before, such a loyal following of Pepper and Me Lovers Online, what's that been like for you as someone who probably never intended to have much of a social presence? Yeah, still something I struggle with. Uh, depends if you get me on a good day or not. I really feel like when I go out especially like things like food show or general collective or anything like that you, you know you're on you're on your your mm. face is on you're there to meet people but sometimes I just look like shit and I'm at the supermarket and people like get excited to meet me and I just feel like crawling into a hole and I'm like oh hi <laughs> <laughs> but no it's always it's always great to to meet people uh and be a face I'm pretty humble about it I'll always assume that no one knows who I am but yeah it is um, my parents love it. They think it's quite hilarious when I <laughs> get recognised in places. They think it's funny. I just never know what to say. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not famous or anything. Like, they're like, oh, I'm fangirling. I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to fangirl over. It's just me. Yeah. <laughs> but I just never know what to say back. I, sh- I really need to um, have a little spiel. <laughs> well, I guess it's not really a natural thing, is it, when people like, like come up to you and. I actually, it happened to me the other day. I had my first fangirl moment. I met uh, this guy at Albie off Eat Lip Food. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a religious follower of him, him and I really enjoy his Instagram. And I saw him out and I was like, oh, what, do I, what do I say? What do I say? And I went to say hi and he was like, hi. And then I was like, oh my gosh, no, I don't know what to say. This is so <laughs> weird. <laughs> so I guess I know the feeling now. Yeah, yeah. Give you a few ideas on what to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty funny. That's so funny. <laughs> and then with like the whole Pepper and Me experience, obviously you never knew that it was going to turn into what it turned into. And I feel like a lot of the time when you're young, you stress about where you'll end up in your career and all that sort of thing. For you... Has it made you think any differently about how you structured your career in your early 20s? Or do you think that people should just relax a bit more about what they, they want to do with their life? Yeah, I guess you'd, it's a hard question because I would have never put myself here. Yeah. Or never guessed that this is something I could do. Even on day one of starting this, all I wanted was a market stall. I never envisaged a business or to have the knowledge that I do now. So it's definitely been a learn as you go, but I think working as a chef for a solid 10 years, I obviously learned a lot of skills that 
have been very useful to me now. One of them is problem solving mm. and quick problem solving. So that's something that you would find in, I don't, I'm not, so, not sure, some industries, but as a, as a line chef in a really good restaurant, you, you're on your toes for eight hours and you do not stop and you need to problem solve and you need to be juggling 20 balls at once. And mm. I think that that experience has actually been really, really great. And even now I hire people who've been in hospo and they have the ability to do that. Like yeah. they don't slow down. They're not doing one thing at a time. They're constantly thinking about everything that's going on over the whole operation and watching. Yeah. And that's that's pretty cool, I think, because as a chef, you're so underrated for yeah. having those skills. Um, I did a lot of traveling, which will always be super beneficial, I think, to me. So I spent mm. a couple of years working on a super yacht. I spent a year working in Hamilton Island and the Great Barrier Reef. So I guess just being really open to to people and meeting new people and taking on whatever's gonna you know we used to wake up in a different country every couple of days yeah. and, and just be ready to absorb whatever's going to come at you it was probably quite a great character building experience but I never saw it as that at the time mm. uh so I'm not sure I don't think I would have done anything differently yeah but you don't value those experiences until now when I look back and I'm like, oh, I'm really good at problem solving. This is probably why. But I didn't do a course on it or I didn't go to uni. I have no business qualifications or learnings or anything like that. It's all come from life experience. So, yeah, I think people people probably can relax and just – as long as what they're doing is challenging their brain and and pushing, pushing boundaries, then you're probably doing something right. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, like some of the best knowledge building activities or jobs are just is just going to be through practical experience rather than learning it from a book or you know, it's yeah. a lot of time it's going to be just getting stuck in and giving yeah. it a go. Definitely, definitely. I, I if you're sitting in a job and you're not enjoying it and you're not thinking and it's just like a, mm. then maybe that's no good. Find something that's just going to push you a little bit yeah. so that you you keep your brain active and you keep learning all the time. And as long as you're learning all the time, then you're going to be building building yourself for, for later on, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. And um, just to sort of conclude, this is a bit random and totally not as deep as what we were just talking about. But for the young people out there, what are some, what would be like your cheap flat meals that are yum? That you would... <laughs> flat meals, using the pepper and me stuff? Yeah. In general, uh, we've got some firm favourites on the club. One of them's our butter chicken, so that's a really easy one. It's just like an onion, the tandoori paste, tin of tomatoes, um, and then like a couple of, couple of chicken thighs. And then I used to do it for the kids. I'll like boil a um, pumpkin, cauliflower, zucchini, any vegetables that I had lying around the fridge, I boil them and then puree them yeah. into like a really, really smooth puree. And then I'll stir that in as well ah. so you can actually get the flavor of that butter chicken right through all those veggies with yeah. a lot less meat and they'd eat it and they'd think it was quite delicious yeah. so that was always I used to keep that veggie puree and then add it to pretty much any, oh, okay. anything yeah, yeah. so if really I was like smart. cooking mints or yeah anything pop a little bit of that in there grating yeah grating things like cauliflower and courgettes when they're in season grating them and adding them into anything mm. tinned tinned food I've always been a big fan of tin food if I'm making mints I'll chuck in like a couple of tins of bean couple of tins of corn some tin of tomatoes anything like that chickpeas um and you can make 500 grams of mints feed 
you know, eight people if you sure. if you do it that way, as long as you've got the right seasoning. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get the pepper in me, it's going to taste good. Yeah. You're good to go. Thank you so much for coming on, Shri. I really appreciate your time. It's all right. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm certainly not a financial expert in, in any way, but I'm a big, I'm a big fan of just giving it a go. Give yeah, it a go. For sure. And I think, like, coming back to what you were saying before around tall poppy and, and that kind of thing, I think it's so important to just share your story and show that you have been able to create something massive out of what once was just trying to, you know, do something so you could spend more time with your daughter. Yeah, awesome. yeah, and I think people, when they see me, if they see me buying something that's maybe not sensible at all with my money, <laughs> it's like, it's not because I have excess money, it's because I, I've just never had any money before. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I want to buy that. I, I want that. I'm going to do it. And you um, should, if yeah. you, you know, you've worked hard. <laughs> well, no, I should start investing it now. But, <laughs> but it's been nice to have, you know, a year of being like, wow, I can, you know, we can buy a house and we can have yeah. a, a nice couch and things like that has been really cool so it is it's something to be proud of but it is yeah. um, always interesting people's people's reactions and I would always hate to yeah make anyone feel bad um but yeah I guess it's okay to be proud <laughs> no definitely you should be proud of yourself from the outside like I know that so many people I know and I think what you've done is awesome and you've really created such a, a, a huge empire it's really um inspirational thank you very much that's lovely all right guys thank you so much for listening i really hope you were able to take something valuable away um be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at the one up project and i'll catch you on the next one